What's happening? Today, we are going to go over what 99% of people are missing with OpenAI's new release of Sora. I'm going to walk through that step by step, each of the five elements, and then what it means to what's happening next. How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. This episode of today is brought to you by my YouTube channel, Ryan's Daily YouTube channel. I just started dropping videos on there. And if you haven't checked it out, I am going through like visual explainers of what I'm talking about on the podcast or what I've created on LinkedIn. Would love if you checked it out. Give me some comments, drop it in there. Let me know what you're thinking. Podcast episodes are on there as well, but I make it a concentrated effort to really, really up my a game when it comes to YouTube because of the fact that I know some of these things are better when you visually see them versus when you just hear me audibly. So I'm going to do that. Please check it out. Drop a comment. Let me know if you heard it from here and then subscribe. That'd be awesome. So um, anyways, let's get on to this episode. I'm really pumped about this. And I know you've probably gotten annoyed with the flood of Basically, AI news, right? Look at this. This is the most game-changing thing in the world. Oh, my God. Check it out. Blah, 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 right? You see all of this crap where it's over-sensationalized. And I saw this. Maybe it's because I'm deep into the AI scene. But specifically, what's going on with Sora? And I usually don't do, like, tool updates. But there's a few of the biggest ones that have happened uh, with the release, or I should say the pre-release of Sora. They didn't even really release it, right? And you could tell they totally, uh, OpenAI did it to, to steal Google's thunder because Google just announced Gemini Advance, which ironically is going to be uh, upcoming on an episode. I did a side-by-side comparison of ChatGPT versus ChatGPT Plus versus Gemini Advanced. And so I think you're going to be blown away when you see it. The videos will be on YouTube as well, where I actually show you what I did. Um, but I'm also going to go through a podcast because I don't want you to miss it and wanted to share it with you. So Let's get on to Sora because that's what you're here for, right? So Sora actually is basically the text-to-video generator that OpenAI showed visuals of. Sam Altman was on Twitter basically taking requests like a uh, like like a one-man band up there asking for what people wanted. Then he would feed those through Sora and then publish those on, on Twitter or X, which I thought was really, really clever to show off what he was doing. Uh, and, and so anyways, he leveraged that and effectively... The real, real interesting thing about it was uh, there's five key things that I think so many people are missing because they're just like, oh my god, this looks amazing. This is this is earth changing, right? And just let me let me start off with it is very visually stimulating, and you could tell when it's side by side against Runway or some of the other text to video generators. Like if this is exactly what's coming out and it's being red teamed right now, so that they're verifying that it can't be hacked and they're probably looking at deep fakes and things like that but they're trying to test it for vulnerabilities and security issues. But here's the five things that are missing. So number one, right? If you look at the research paper, which is on OpenAI's website, they talk about it being a world builder, okay? So this isn't just like a a, a text-to-video engine. This is what they're calling a world builder. And if you you haven't checked out the research paper, I'm going to summarize some of the parts in here and simplify it massively so that you don't have to read through a lot of technical pieces. But 
if you look at it, what it effectively is, it's a combination between a GPT, which is what ChatGPT is obviously made for, and then a diffusion model, which is um, another type of basically AI transformation mechanism. Sorry, I'm a little bit sick still. Um, and basically what it does, though, this is the really interesting part. Since it's a combination of kind of those two engines, right, the diffusion model, which is stable diffusion, which is an image generation company, and then ChatGPT or GPT, right? These are two different AI engines that you have effectively. What it does is, so a GPT model, the way it works is it basically looks at patterns within words and letters and numbers and then it predicts those patterns, and that's how it answers the questions through everything that it's seen. Okay. Now, how this works different with Sora effectively is it cuts pictures of a frame called a patch. So a GPT cuts words or letters. This creates a patch. So imagine if it was instead of uh, right now what text to video images do, or when when the, the models are trained on them, they look at the video and take screen by screen, kind of like image. What this could do is not only do that, but cut only pieces of the screen. So it doesn't have to be fully formatted in that square format. And as a result, like basically it could train on so much more data. I'm going to get into that more in a little bit. But basically the way that the model is trained, which creates the outputs it has, is completely different. Okay. And it's game breaking from that perspective. Number two. Okay. So there's seamless transition between two videos are shown where a drone basically flying through a world turns into an underwater butterfly. And that's something that would right now take a massive Hollywood crew to film, create, and edit to make that happen. And the way that they made it look is like basically that's something that can happen seamlessly and you can connect two videos at the same time. Now, at the same area, you could loop the same video and they show an example of someone riding down a mountain bike on a mountainside and basically it keeps looping. So you can't even tell that it's the same loop going over and over again. It just looks like it's a longer video. Um, ideally, it's supposed to, I think they said the limit is about 60 seconds that they're doing uh, for the video. So, okay. So that's number two. Number three, right, is physics. Okay. So this could take into account physics, which is really interesting because what that's doing is effectively giving the AI a human-like understanding of what's happening in the environment. And the example that they used is it's like when someone takes a bite out of the sandwich in the picture, or you're telling it to take a bite out of a sandwich, it then knows to take a chunk out of the food, right? Versus kind of taking it at face value. So different areas of like how the world moves, when someone pushes on something, pulls on something, bites on something, it could basically identify and understand that. So when it's creating the video, it could incorporate that into the video. At least that's the way my understanding is of it so far, right? So that's number three, right? Now let's go into number four. The thing about the training where it could cut a patch versus words, letters, things along those lines in terms of the patches, the training of looking at the video data or a piece of the, a frame as opposed to the whole square frame is that now it exponentially expands really what it can train on, okay? And so what that means is it could expand like so many different kinds of videos that the old models could not train on or understand. So once, once I mean, like that's huge because the data set is so much more massive, right? That it could train on and understand it. That's one piece of it. Now, the other time too is that it could also train in real time. Now, that's what was really shocking to me is 
if you do the math on it and it could train any kind of form or picture or video, I don't think it needs, and this is my interpretation of it. Once again, I don't, I don't think I've like distinctly see this from OpenAI, but this is just me reading in between the, the, uh, I don't want to say the cracks, but reading in between the lines as well, or the, the tea leaves, if you will. But effectively, if it has that maneuverability in terms of how it could train on the data with full frames, it could instead do it where it could train in real-time information as it sees it. That's the way I understand it, right? So that's going to lead me to number five, which is both exciting and scary at the same time. And maybe you know where I'm going with this, and maybe you don't. So if it could train on any video effectively by only looking at a piece of the video um, and it has the capability to do things in real time, that changes everything, right? That's how robots can train as they're going. Um, Think about Tesla's autonomous vehicles, right? Or not totally autonomous, but um, self-driving cars, right? Where it could see the world and if it understands physics, I think that was one of the biggest gaps why there's some of the challenges with that. That could lead to robots, that could lead to Skynet, that could lead to artificial general intelligence, right? So if you put all these together, those are kind of the the hidden, I should say, things that I see underneath the layers of all this talk that everybody has that most people are not paying attention to. So the difference in training, what it could train on, how fast it can train, understanding physics, like that's what like basically robots or autonomous people need to understand. And I'm not saying that wasn't written anywhere. Now, the other thing that it also says is that it can train on or, or create images from that as well. So really, really interesting that this could overtake Dolly as its image generator as well, and not just from video. So super exciting, scary at the same time. But I think overall, like it's going to stretch what's possible. And I think that's why some of the insiders were really geeked to see it. Um, with what's happening as it relates to business or the world in terms of how you're doing it. I mean, I haven't had a chance to play with this, but like on the negative side, there'd be tons of deep fakes that happen as a result of this, unless there's really good red teaming or restrictions around it. On the positive side, you can create amazing videos that are very visually stimulating and creative on demand just by typing in words like you're starting to see on the picture side. And I don't know if you heard about my episode where I said that my top four predictions for 2024, video was one of them. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and check it out. I dropped that. I think it was the first of the year, around the first of the year, late December. Um, I talk about this specifically. So it's really interesting to see that this is going to come to fruition. Uh, And anyways, I hope you enjoy this. I hope you get a chance to check out that YouTube uh, channel, by the way. And one of the things too is I am starting to create so much different content on different platforms. I'm sharing it all in my superhuman new superhuman revenue newsletter, which is awesome because I'm getting asked to, to get sponsored by uh, HubSpot just asked to sponsor it the other day. MIT is asked to sponsor it. So really, really a big attention from the community that we're creating of folks who want to level up and understand how AI can impact the world. And I appreciate you joining me on this journey. I'm happy to be here, uh, you know, going through it with you and I really appreciate you listening today. So hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, if you did share with someone that they would find helpful, uh, feel free to leave me a review. That'd be amazing. Uh, but anyways, I appreciate you. Thanks for having me in your ear and I will see you on the next episode. Thank you for checking out the scale up show. 
My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.